Welcome to the Charles Van Horn Show. Today is Saturday, July the 4th, and I would like to wish all of you a happy 4th of July weekend. Here's an important question. Why do we as Americans celebrate July the 4th? I know we probably could come up with different reasons why we celebrate it, but the real reason is that the country received its independence on July the 2nd celebrates its independence on the 4th because the Continental Congress ratified it on July the 4th in 1776. There were 13 colonies who rebelled against British rule and were no longer subjects of Britain and Her Majesty the Queen. Americans have always had a rebellious streak within them. If you tell us we can't do something, we'll prove to you that we can even if it means harming others while killing ourselves. That independent streak can be a good or bad thing depending on the situation. I was watching a portion of President Trump's rally in the Black Hills of South Dakota beneath the backdrop of Mount Rushmore, where a granite monument of Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln is chiseled into the mountain by a Klansman named Gutzon Borglum. Yes, a Ku Klux Klansman designed the monument, and he chiseled it with his own hands. Even though he was a Klansman, his perfection for imagery is evident in his work. When it comes to President Trump, he is a master manipulator. He is a master. Let me say that again. He is a master manipulator. He uses race and hate to win an election and now he's refueling his campaign in the hopes of winning his re-election. He uses Machiavellian skills to bring the white, angry, forgotten, disenfranchised, disillusioned, looked down upon, laughed at, and as Secretary Clint once called them, deplorables, to a place in which to honor American monuments. While he makes his case to preserve Confederate monuments, monuments that were not erected during the Civil War, but erected during a period when blacks were marching and fighting for their civil rights. So spare me the sentimentalism from white Southerners who say that the flag and the monuments are there to recognize their history, when in all actuality it has very little to do with their history as it has to do with their hate. But forgive me, I digress. Let me go back to Mount Rushmore. A rally, a rally which was paid for by, come on, say it with me, taxpayers' dollars. Even though the Trump administration did not label it as a rally, it was a rally. President Trump, it doesn't matter if you love him or if you hate him, has uncovered what has always lied beneath the surface. For white Americans, it has been the original sin of racism. Centuries-old racism that has been seasoned with a heavy hand of hate. That ugly scar that so many Americans wanted desperately to hide, that scar from the past, that scar of racism, 
that scar of us against them, that scar which is still festering throughout the heartland. And for those who didn't believe the stories of black Americans, you have all the evidence you need because we have all the violent acts and the bodies of the dead to prove otherwise. Racism is still alive and well. And the thing about it is that racism and politics seems to work hand in hand. The Civil War in many ways is still being waged against those with black and brown skin. And it is waged against us every waking moment. You can be arrested walking while black. You can be arrested going to the park while black. You can even be killed uh, for going to the store for Skittles. You can be killed for uh, someone assuming that you were someone else. You can be killed because you look suspicious. There are several reasons black people are in danger. And it has to do with the scars that white people carry with them, the fear that they carry with them, that black people are out to get them. That statement couldn't be farther from the truth. Many white people believe that if we gain some sort of power, that we would do to them what they did to us. That's really not in our DNA. We really are forgiving people and sometimes we forgive against our better judgment. But as I watched the hate fest in South Dakota, I thought about the indigenous tribes who once lived there. The tribes who fought to protect their land and their way of life from the invading US Army. Now keep in mind, the army was coming through, clearing a path for the white settlers that were on their way. And, and they were coming through during a period called the Indian Wars. There was approximately 600,000 indigenous tribes who lost their land and their lives because they were trying to fight for what they believe was theirs. There were several treaties made between the U.S. and the tribes, but the U.S. reneged on many of those treaties because of their quest for gold and for power, believing that the land and everything on it was theirs for the taking. This is white privilege in action, taking resources from the indigenous tribes by force and destroying their way of life and relegating them to live on reservations. Now keep in mind, this sort of might by power is still used by the United States, not just in our country, but the world over. As I watched the crowd on Friday night, the majority who refused to wear a mask to protect themselves, their friends, and their family from COVID-19, while they hungrily consumed the gospel of Trump, I wondered to myself, does the end justify the means? I hope I have pricked your intellectual consciousness for just a moment. And I hope that your mind is able to grasp that statement. 
Americans have always rebelled against rules, even though we impose them on everybody else. Many have also rebelled against righting the wrongs of the past, the wrongs that have been done to others by our country. Let's go back to the indigenous tribes. Many were promised compensation for their land and the, and the lives that were lost, you know, during the Indian Wars. During President Obama's administration, the government agreed to pay a whopping $492 million to 17 tribes to relieve the suffering of past aggressions. Let me repeat it, $492 million to 17 tribes. But, you know, the indigenous people really don't want payment. They don't want money. What they want is their land. But I believe that they're fighting a losing battle. They should as well just take the money and move on because if you look at Mount Rushmore, the monument is not coming down and the land is not going to be returned. So I understand their desire. I think it's the, the Lakota tribe, if I'm not mistaken, and many others. They, they will have to understand that this is really a no-win situation. But let me get back to what I was speaking on. If we're going to start healing from the past, then we must address the past. If we look at slavery and the word reparations, when white people, or should I say certain white people hear that word, it takes on an ugly connotation. Some Americans who have, who have racist ideology say, why should black people get reparations? Shouldn't they just move on from the past and stop looking in the past and look forward and work hard and be thankful that we're all Americans? Hmm. Sounds so sincere, doesn't it? But it is a question that is void of empathy and understanding. Because America has paid reparations to American Japanese who are in internment camps. We don't hardly remember that history, but it happened. Because once again, fear caused the American people to rise up and take Japanese Americans during the World War, I believe it was World War II, they took American Japanese and put them in internment camps because they feared that they were the enemy. America paid reparations to the Aleuts of Alaska. America and the Allies forced Germany to pay reparations to the Jews who survived the Holocaust. But when it comes to Writing the wrong for its original sin to black people and their descendants, there is always a huge but. Many 
white people don't think it's fair for black people to receive reparations. Uh, many people have never heard of Special Field Order Number 15, which was issued by General William Sherman, a general in the Union Army. See, it always goes back to the Civil War, where all of this anger and angst arises. Because many people are still pouting and still fuming that their ancestors lost that war. So let me break it down so that you, my listeners, can understand. Every black freed slave that assisted General Sherman was promised 40 acres and a mule. The arrangement made by General Sherman was after a discussion between he and then Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, and a few leading politicians of that time. Remember when I said earlier, our country has a lot of wrongs to right? Well, let me break it down for you even further. There were free slaves in 1865 who quickly took, German, uh, who took General Sherman up on the offer. They, they took him up on that offer. And they moved their families to their, to their new land. And they began to, to build and to, to plant on that land. Some of them had been given the land that they had worked while being slaves. But they received a very huge wake-up call. President Johnson, who was president from 1865 to 1869, annulled the special field order number 15. He, he just annulled it said it was over. But to add insult to injury, all of the allocated land for freed slaves was later returned to the survivors of the Civil War and their descendants. So you see this anger and hate that has been festering for hundreds of years? It was easy for a candidate and now a president who knew that it was still there just bubbling beneath the surface. He knew what to tap into. He knew who to address in his speech and in his messages and in his tweets. And they came up out of the woodwork and responded to the call. But I want you to know that even though there is a segment of our population who pine away for yesteryear and yesterday and the good old days it is up to Americans of goodwill of all nationalities who, who identify themselves as patriots who honor their flag and their country to stand up against the cantankerous minority and show them by voting marching and demanding better from our government. We demand equality for all. We cannot just have privilege for the few and inequality for the many. We must let them know that we, the vocal majority, will not be silent and that we will not go quietly into that good night. We are here 
We're here to stay and we will remain steadfast and unmovable. I would like to thank you once again for listening to my podcast. Please follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and also on YouTube. If you'd like to subscribe to my show on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. And also feel free to leave your comments. So until next time, stay safe, stay informed, and keep fighting for equality.